The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, and wildly happy customers. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. I'm Dan Roth, the Editor-in-Chief of LinkedIn. Welcome to This Is Working, a show where we talk to people who have an outsized impact on our professional world. We are back with a new season, but it's different this time. The impact of the coronavirus has been undeniable. It's affecting everything, how we work, how we live. In many cities, including where I am in New York, people are isolating themselves and they're feeling isolated. Some are working from home. Some are wondering whether they'll work at all after this. Given all that change, we knew we needed to make a change ourselves. So we've totally reformatted This Is Working. Instead of doing sit-down interviews with top executives, we're going live online. You can join us for these live stream events by following the LinkedIn editors page on LinkedIn. There you can make comments and ask questions of the people I'll be talking to, and I'm going to try to feature as many of your questions as I can. Then a few days after each of those live shows, we'll take the interviews and repackage them as podcasts. We hope you'll find this is working to be enlightening and helpful. I'll be talking to leaders and executives who are putting their companies and their reputations and their lives in some cases online so that we can all get through this new world together. Stay tuned. This week, we spoke to Mark Cuban, the Mark Cuban, billionaire, Shark Tank investor, successful entrepreneur, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, outspoken business icon. Mark's been really active on LinkedIn recently. He invited struggling small business owners to ask him questions, and then he spent a day answering. The response was overwhelming. So Mark did what any smart entrepreneur would do. He decided to iterate. He sat down with me for our first live episode of This Is Working and answered all of these questions coming in from small business owners. Yours might have been featured about how businesses and workers can make it through this singular and difficult moment. But first, he told us what he's hearing from the companies he mentors and invests in about this really bizarre world we're living in right now. Fear. Absolute total fear. People are uncertain. Um, looking for advice on what to do, looking for what programs they can um, get help from. Um, how's the payroll protection plan from the SBA going to help them or not? Um, should they lay off people or not? How to deal with canceled orders and inventory they already have? And then there's a couple companies, I mean, more than a few, actually. The companies, particularly the Shark Tank companies I have that sell products that people use at home, whether it's bikes or, you know, in the case of Dude Wipes, alternative to toilet paper or food like Mush um, or UnrealDeli.com, those companies are doing fairly well simply because people are aggregating things at home and, and stuffing their pantries. How, how quickly did you realize that the business environment had changed? When the first cases of the coronavirus were uh, coming out in China or in Singapore, Japan, as you started seeing it uh, uh, work its way through Asia, into Europe, into the U.S., did you know right away how big of an issue this was going to be? I'd be lying if I said yeah. I did. You know, I, I watched it, but I kind of in the back of my mind, like a lot of people thought, you know, that, that's not going to hit us as hard. You know, we'll be smarter about how we deal with it. We'll take the appropriate precautions when necessary, and we'll li listen to the experts. But, you know, it just it turned into a process rather than a finite um, prescription on what to do. And there was just so many adjustments, I think. It, it, it caught me off guard and it really didn't hit home until the day the NBA season got that postponed. Well, I was going to say, I think a lot of us saw the viral clip of you with almost putting your, your, your head in your hands when it was announced that I think it was the Nuggets Mavericks game that the yeah. NBA was canceling the rest of the series. What was going through your mind at that point? We had a full house. And, and so I remember walking out to the, the game from my little office that I have at the arena thinking, you know, the, the arena is probably going to be half full. 
it was 100% full. We had over 17,000 people there. And it was like, oh, my goodness. Okay, well, what is that telling me? And then as we went through the game, I was like, okay, maybe we'll get through this okay. And then the news hit, and it just stunned me. And from there, it was like, okay, let's be agile. What, what's the right thing to do in these circumstances? And my first thought was to take care of the people who are living paycheck to paycheck. They were going to need the help the most and then go from there. So would you talk a little bit about what you're doing for people who are? We wanted to pay all of our part-time employees as if all of our games took place. I didn't want the people who are living paycheck to paycheck to be terrified that they couldn't feed their kids or take care of their bills. And so we'll pay them as if it's you know business as usual. And we're doing that for the Mavs. We're doing that for the AEC. And we're also doing it We I own um, with Todd Wagner, Westside Tavern. It's a restaurant in L.A. Just any businesses like that, Rise Nation, where we're paying our people as if it was just business as usual, just, just because it's the right thing to do and we can afford it. That's great. And Todd Wagner, who you found at broadcast.com with. Yeah. Mark, I'm going to take one question from the stream. Jacqueline asks, hey, Mark, can you please give us job seekers some advice for our search during this time? So the first thing you need to do is do your homework on what industries are doing well. Grocery stores, you know, companies that sell toilet paper, companies that sell things that you can store in a pantry. Those are companies that are going to do well. Construction companies are doing okay. You know, but you need to look in your area and find out companies that are doing well and then look to apply to those companies. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of competition and realize that you don't need a perfect job. You just need a job. And so you need to really reset your expectations because it's a different world. You know, if, if I was back in the days where I was working as a bartender or a bar back and I just needed a job to pay my bills, I, you know, I would just take any job no matter what and then go from there. You just got to get through this period. Hopefully we get to the other side and then you reevaluate and go from there. You know, it's just so crazy. I mean, the world changed in one day, essentially. You're looking at a, a scenario where this is, I assume, very different advice than you would have been giving a month ago, just find any job. So it's really incredible to hear uh, you just giving this uh, this idea of just get a job, get something to pay the bills right now. Got another question from the stream. And uh, this is someone who's a small business owner. David says, I own day spas all across California. How much of a drop do you envision for businesses like mine? How, what are you telling people for how long they should expect to endure? You know what? I'm going to be brutally honest. I expect a drop in those types of service businesses of 100% because you can't adhere to the, the social distancing and you can't have body-to-body -body contact like that. And so it's going to be brutal. And you need to be first in line with your bank applying for the payroll protection plan, and you need to get there today. Don't waste any time. You know, the key to the payroll protection program is that you commit to retaining your employees. And I realize they'll have nothing mm -hmm. to do. So you might have them calling your potential customers, asking them to buy gift certificates. So I'll give you two examples. Um, one, there's a woman that we use for physical therapy here at the house. And I called her and said, look, can I pre-buy a year's worth of services from you so you have some income to live off of? We did it with another person who works with us that provides other services that they just can't offer because of the social distancing rules. We did the exact same thing. You're going to have customers at a day spa that hopefully are a little better, uh, a little well off or are better financial circumstances. And you might ask them, look, we're going to put together this gift certificate program, and we'll give you a discount if you can help us out and prepay for it now. now obviously, not everybody's going to say yes, but every, every yes is a win for you, and that's something for your employees to do. But you have to be proactive like that. You can't just wait and hope that everything resolves itself. If it does, great, but you plan for, you know, you plan for the worst and hope for the best. 
So at this point, I would assume you would think that if you have whatever your website is, your mobile site, wherever you're posting about yourself, you want to act, have something up there about how to get gift certificates, how to invest in the business now for when you come and back. Even beyond that, I mean, look, if you're a day spa and you have masseuses, you have people who work the front desk that are dealing with the appointments, you want to keep them employed because as part of the payroll um, program, if you keep those employees for the full two and a half, three months, whatever it is, you don't have to pay this loan back. It becomes a grant, but only if you retain all those employees. So retain them, apply for the grant, but get those employees to call their customers. They have the personal relationships. They're the ones that will benefit the most. Obviously, your business will benefit, but you want those the, the masseuses, the front desk people, the people who are cleaning the towels and folding the towels and handing out the towels you know, and the sheets and everything that you do in your business. You want the people that have relationships with your customers, including yourself, calling each and every one of them, offering them this special. You may only get a 1% take rate, but that's a step in the right direction. And any service business, no matter who you are, I don't care if you're a bartender and you work for you know, a bar and you say to your owner of the bar, look, can we do a program where we give out $500 gift certificates for $400 just so we can get some cash flow in? Or you even say, you know what, you, you give us $1,000, we have this program, you drink for free for a year. Call me, I'll take it. But, you know, you just have to be innovative as a service company. You have to be innovative like that. You just can't sit back and say, I wonder why business is going to be usual again. You have to be aggressive. You have to be proactive and you have to extend your reach. Every no gets you closer to a yes. The more calls you make, the more people you contact, the better position you're going to put yourself in. That's great. I love the idea of getting aggressive and not just assuming that uh, you can just wait for people to go and support your business. Yeah. Take your employees, That's turn them around, make them. Yeah. Desperate times call for desperate measures. We have a question from Hellman, who's a little bit more optimistic or thinking a little bit uh, a little bit farther out, who's saying, what new business opportunities may arise after the pandemic? Are you thinking about that yet? How oh, should absolutely. we be thinking about it? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we get to do America 2.0. We get to go through a unique reset that would never, ever present itself had we not gone through this. What do you want this country or the world to look like after we get through this? If you have a vision that you think you can implement that is of enough value and is compelling enough that people will, will become part of that movement, go for it. Do it. You know, you got to be honest with yourself. You can't lie to yourself and think, oh, I have this great idea. If only I could get some help. No, it's got to be on you as the entrepreneur to do it. There's big ideas that somebody has somewhere. It could be a 16-year-old. It could be a 60-year-old. It doesn't matter. But if you have those ideas for a future post-pandemic 2020, America 2.0, the ultimate reset. Now's the time to be thinking about it. Now's the time to be planning. Now's the time to also have an execution plan so that you can start it. And don't make it about, well, I need to go raise money. If only I had X, X millions of dollars. Make it so that you can do it. Sweat equity is the best equity. Make it so it's a service or an offering that you can do it. Get your friends. Everybody's got the time. Everybody can, you know, you can just, you know, email, text, you know, FaceTime, people to join you in this program, whatever it is you come up with, and create our future for us. That's what we really need more than anything. Very interesting to have to hold on to both these things at the same time. One is get the job that helps you pay rent and start thinking about the business that you want to create for what the world's going to look like in hopefully soon, but it'll probably be a little while. Uh, question mark coming from a student. Uh, this is uh, Erica Rodriguez. She says, as a student looking for a summer internship, do you think most companies are halting potential internship opportunities? And what kind of advice do you have for students who don't have any experience? Actually, I think it's the opposite. I think um, hmm. when we get to the other side of this and business really starts to pick up and things are accelerating, 
it's going to be harder to find people that you fired and bring them back because everybody's just going to be looking for a job, right, where, wherever they can go. And so there's going to be holes in the workforce that I think interns can fix. Now, there's, there's laws right now that say you have to pay interns effectively at least minimum wage. Those laws may need to be changed so that kids that are in school can help companies and possibly not get paid as free interns, which you can't really do anymore. Um, and maybe we change those rules so that the internships are available so that companies get help and students get experience. I go back and forth whether or not that's a good idea, but it's something that I think you still got to go look for those internships. I'm not saying every company is going to hire a lot of interns, but I think there's going to be holes that need to be filled. Who knows when you know, the older population is going, when I say older, who knows what that, that age barrier is right. these days. But, you know, there may be a need for younger workers, and that can open up the door for more interns. Fascinating. Um, as a startup owner, this is this is uh, a poor who asked this question. As a startup owner, how to tackle zero revenue but paying fixed cost? Yeah, it's not easy. Go apply for that loan. That's the whole point of those loans. When, when life is foobar, you, you've got to find a way to, to figure it out. And as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, as the owner of a company, it's incumbent upon you to know the details of every bit of legislation that's happening in Washington, D.C., and in your state and in your community. You may not like to deal with those things. You may look at it as just administrivia that slows you down. But guess what? Now's the time. You have to do it. It's your responsibility. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and so many tools to keep track of. Doing business can be hard, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. Higher quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Uh, and Mark, you haven't just been giving advice to small businesses. You've been pretty uh, vocal about what you think large businesses should be doing, especially about thinking about this time of not being one around profits, but really much more about the people. Can you walk us through your thinking on how you expect large businesses to be reacting? Look, we're in a unique period. This is not business as usual at all. And smart companies will look at the long term as opposed to what can I do to make my quarter or even my year in terms of revenues and profits? And I think this is so life-changing for all of us. This is such a reset for this, the world that consumers are going to value companies that did the right thing. You know, mm -hmm. Bank of America talked about paying all 208,000 of their employees as if nothing had happened. If there is a janitor that can't go to work, they're still going to get paid. That's a good thing. If, you know, that leads me to have positive thoughts about Bank of America. There's other companies that were in good financial position that just laid off people to match their sales decline. That's not being a good corporate citizen. And part two to all this, you know, we live in a world of social media, obviously, but because of that, 
we represent ourselves and we brand ourselves by what we post on social media. And what we post reflects the companies we like to do business with. If there's a company that's a bad actor and you have a t-shirt from that company, you're going back and deleting that because you don't want to be associated with them and you're no longer going to buy anything from them. On the flip side, if there's a company that is doing great things and helping companies, I just got an email from Tide who's saying that they're setting up dry cleaning centers that allow first responders and healthcare providers on the front lines to just drop off their laundry and they'll clean it for free because they recognize those people don't have time. I'm switching the Tide detergent. I don't care what anybody says. I'm supporting them and I'm proud of them for doing that. Those are the types of decisions companies of all sizes have to make. And big companies have a lot more leverage and you know a lot more financial resources and they need to do the right thing. Otherwise, that short-term penny-wise is going to be pound-foolish in the long-term. Mark, uh, what do you think is going to happen to the restaurant business model? Will people continue to eat out the way they have been eating? How are you preparing for that? You know, for any of the restaurants that I'm involved with, we're going to figure out exactly the ultimate way to keep our restaurant clean and safe and promote that fact and, you know, follow the science as best we can to make sure that anybody that walks into an establishment, whether it's at the American Airlines Center or Westside Tavern, like I talked about, and make sure that everybody is 100% safe, no exceptions, no questions asked. We already know, you know, based off the science, it's been explained to us, food's not a carrier, so that's not the issue. And so it really, if I have to set up booths for everybody and it's less social environment, but it gives a chance for you and your family to, to sit together, if it's more like an old town, old school Italian restaurant with those big booths and nobody gets to see each other, then that's what we'll do. We'll make the adjustments to give people the chance to go out. Same thing with movie theaters, the exact same way. Restaurants and places that in the public that serve consumers and, and entertain them, feed them, whatever it may be, you'll have to adapt in the short term but the, those who do will see the opportunity and see the business come back to them. It's so brutal right now for those businesses. You just have to find a way to hold on. And I'll, let, I'll say one more thing about that. If you're in a small business, whether it's a restaurant service, whatever it may be, business, you have to communicate openly and transparently with your employees and your customers. Let them know exactly what's going on. And again, some of the best ideas and some of the, the best approaches will come from them because they're on the front lines dealing with your customers. As an entrepreneur, particularly now where the game has changed and we're in this reset, you can't think you have every answer. Turn to your employees, ask them for help, let them know exactly what's happening in your business. Don't miss, oh, we'll be okay, and then lay them off, communicate to, with them. If you do that, you just might find a, a, an approach that changes everything and saves the day. You don't have all the answers, don't pretend you do. Have you started thinking about how this is going to change Shark Tank? I mean, will this, it feels like the last couple of years was entrepreneurs coming in who were coming in during boom times and they understood what funding was like and they had other opportunities. What's, what's this going to do to the show? Are you guys retooling? Um, well, first, let me say we're still showing new episodes Friday nights on ABC. So tune in, you know, we're still doing our thing. And actually with all the, the um, hibernation, and quarantine, you know, our, our ratings are going straight up. So it, it's great to know that, that that people are watching and watching as a family. So that's my little plug. In terms of changes, nice. I, I don't I don't really get involved in the production side, but I'm certain that's what will happen. We see trends typically before they're prevalent or really take hold in, in the, the general marketplace. And we've seen a lot of companies that are very socially conscious come on the show over the last few years. There'll be companies that recognize that 
you know, post-pandemic or as we evolve out of this pandemic, that there are things that need to change. And I'm looking forward to those companies when we start shooting again, hopefully in June or July. That's great. Does this change how people stop, start or stop attending sporting events? Do you expect for this to have a, a pretty massive impact? Yes, obviously. But you know what? We need sports and we need sports now more than ever. Um, I don't know when the NBA is going to come back, hopefully sooner rather than later. But when we do, most likely we won't be playing in front of fans. But that's OK, because, you know, we need things to root for right now. If you're a Nets fan in Brooklyn, if you're a Mavs fan, if you're a Jazz fan, wh- whoever your team is, just being able to watch and knowing that all your friends are watching, your family's watching, everybody throughout Dallas is watching and rooting for the Mavs, just having something to cheer for, having something to get excited about. We need that again. We need that as a country. We need that across the world. And so sports, you know, are coming back. Obviously, first is about safety. It's not first about money. It's about the role we play in society. And that's so important that we have an obligation to get back as soon as it's safe to do so. That's great. A good good question here from Mike, who says, I employ some veterans and have decided to keep paying them for now. At what point do you change that decision? Good job, Mike. The minute you can't afford it, you know, the day the money runs out, you do it as long as you can, you know, and supporting veterans is just one of the most amazing things that you can do. Great job, Mike. And I encourage everybody, just keep them on. They fought for our country. We can give a little back. When it all comes down to it, if you feel like you're doing the right thing for your employees and the right thing for the people around you, you're going to make the right decisions. If you find yourself saying, you know what, I, I always wanted to make this amount of money and I always wish I had this and this and this, that, this isn't the time for that. You, we really need to, to have socially aware capitalism because, you know, the thing about the United States of America that makes us different than every other country in the world is that we're a nation of entrepreneurs. We're creative. We, we're risk takers and we will lead ourselves. Capitalism will get us out of this mess. But we also have to recognize that capitalism wasn't perfect. There were a lot of things that needed to be adjusted, being compassionate, being socially aware. And we can make those adjustments now. And Mike, you're paying your veterans, other entrepreneurs, other CEOs continuing to do the right thing. That'll set the message because there's going to be a compression for everybody. The wealthy will be compressed because their companies are going out of businesses, their stocks are declining. And at the bottom, people are losing their jobs. And so we're all getting compressed closer together. But now we'll have to work together to raise us all up. And I will say this, and I think this is very, very important. If you're starting a company now, if you're running a company now and you need help from your employees, give them equity, give them stock in a meaningful way, because you're going to need them to grow your company We all are going to need them to grow this country and world back to where it was economically. And now, rather than just paying them by the hour and and keeping them in a position where they're worried where their next paycheck is coming and not really able to increase their net worth, if you share your stock, if you share your equity, and when you pay yourself dividends, when you pay a distribution, they benefit as well. And when the company benefits by growing in value, that's how we diminish income inequality. That's how we're going to change the game. Because we need every employee and every company busting their ass to turn this all around, and they deserve to be rewarded. And if everybody who's an entrepreneur does that exact same thing, we'll have made a difference. Mark, is that different advice than you were giving before the pandemic? Were you the firm believer? No, I mean, I've been saying this forever. My first company that I started way back when, 30 plus years ago, 
I did the exact same thing at Microsolutions. I gave equity to everybody. And when I sold the company, I took a big chunk of that and took less for myself and my partner. And we paid out a big chunk. When we sold broadcast.com to Yahoo, you know, 20 years ago, give or take, you know, out of 330 employees, 300 became millionaires. And those 30 weren't only because they started too late, but they got paid as well. I'm a big believer across all my companies that I can't do it alone, that I, I might have the idea, I might fund it, whatever it may be, but I really push everybody to have an option pool to reward people with stock and options. Even if it's a small private company that may never grow big, if you're a dry cleaners, share, right? Because your employees will work harder, they'll recognize that they're an owner, and they'll have a completely different perspective, and that benefits everybody. And I can't say it enough, particularly when we're going through this reset or hopefully a reset, that every single entrepreneur, every CEO across the country, you will get more from your employees and they will be more committed if you share equity in a meaningful way so that everybody rises up. Because now of all times, no CEO, no entrepreneur can do this alone. You need every single employee committed to helping you get through this. So recognize that, reward them for it. Uh, Lewis asks a question about remote work. First of all, what are you doing with remote work when it, in terms of the Mavericks? Are you, are you employing remote, remote work? What's it like? Oh, absolutely. You, you, say, you know, I, I just had one of my um, CF, um, CFOs just say today, oh, I can't work from home. I don't have all the tools. I'm like, you're stuck, Helen. Work from home. That's what you have to do. Whatever resources you need, you've got to do it. It's just the new reality. It's not a problem for me personally because I've always worked from home. I'm, I'm not a big meetings or phone call guy. I'm more of an email person. And so, you know, it hasn't been a challenge for my, my direct companies because they're used to working with me that way. But yeah, absolutely. We're not violating any of the quarantine rules. Absolutely not. The number one mistake any company could make would be putting their employees at risk. And I just won't do that. Well, I have just one last question for you. Are you, is there anyone that you're, uh, any resources that you're turning to for advice, any people you're following? Where are you going to get information right now to make sure that you are uh, understand how this world is changing? LinkedIn. I mean, I'm just reading everything that I can. There's just so many resources out there. But as I mentioned earlier, I mean, I'm all over reading every bit of legislation that relates to small business in particular, because it's a new world. It's America 2.0. It's the ultimate reset. And you have to pay attention to what's happening in D.C. and in your state government and in your local government. And typically, I hate all that stuff. But now we have no choice. And so Working from home is part of that. When you have the time, spend the time learning. Again, LinkedIn is a great resource. Thanks for having me on, Dan. Absolutely. It's been great having you, Mark. Thank you very much. That was Mark Cuban in our very first This Is Working Live of this pandemic era. I got a lot out of that interview. I particularly appreciated all of the proactive things that he thinks we could be doing to make it to the other side of this incredibly difficult era. I would love to hear from you. What did you think? What steps are you taking? And what's helping you in this moment? Share your thoughts and comments on this episode over on LinkedIn using the hashtag, this is working. And please follow me. And to get more news and insights, follow our main LinkedIn page, which you can find by searching for LinkedIn editors. We have more episodes coming up and we'll be featuring some episodes from the archive. You'll hear useful advice from business leaders, much of which was given just before the world changed. If you found this podcast helpful, take a moment to subscribe to This Is Working on Apple Podcasts and rate us. It helps new listeners find the show. 
This is Working is a production of LinkedIn. The podcast was produced by Sarah Storm with support from Stephen Valdivia and Michaela Greer. Joe DiGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Iriondo is our head of original video and audio. Dave Pond is our technical director. I'm Dan Roth, LinkedIn's editor-in-chief. Stay strong. I'm working from home like you are. You might hear my kids playing basketball in the background. We will all get through this together. Thanks for listening.